This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It is showtime. The U.S. has advanced to the knockout stages of the World Cup. They've beaten Iran 1-0. Nail-biter. Oh, you you always knew we had it. You always knew we had it. Always in hand. Um, the U.S. does not make it easy. I, I love the comment towards the end of the match there where England was cruising and it was like, it must be nice. It must be nice to be cruising at this moment. Tom, what, what emotions are going through you right now? Oh my God, so many emotions. For one, my heart is probably not going to recover from this for a while. I've been dealing with some slight chest pain for like the last 30 minutes of this game. Oh my gosh, we did it. <laughs> we did not make it easy, but we actually managed to do it. Nobody thought we could. Nobody thought that this young team, second youngest in the World Cup, this, uh, this team with one player of World Cup experience, and we did it. We we got through the groups. We were undefeated as well. Uh, one goal given up this entire group stage. We've only scored two, but it has to be said. I mean, five points. That that is one of the best case scenarios that we had going into this this group stage. I can't believe it. It was just fantastic. Um, I did not expect us to be able to do it today. I, I, there was hope, but the odds were definitely against us. We could talk about that goal all day long, but we just did it. Did <laughs> That's it. all you we can did. say. You win however you win. <laughs> and today we went, we won ugly. We played cock-a-calf ball through and through and did it. <laughs> yeah, this this team, man, such such a group of likable guys. The Everything about this team just has you rooting for them. And now we have something to root for. I love the play as well. Like there were moments of interchanging, of one-touch passing, of... 1v1 attacking and it was just like a, this was the new US era. I know it wasn't the prettiest game, but we won this match. We won when it mattered. Pulisic putting his body on the line. So all right. Emotions check. Win check. Knockout round game against the Netherlands check. Let's let's take a step back. What a <laughs> welcome everyone. To it's called soccer. The U.S. has just defeated Iran, one nil. We're on five points. We are advancing to the knockout rounds of the 2022 Qatar World Cup, and what a game it was! We did it without seeing Gio Reyna at all. But I think you know ev- anyone that you talk to is going to take your arm, your arm off at the elbow if uh, you said we're going to get five points in advance. Doesn't matter who is on the pitch. We saw Shaq Moore. We saw Walker Zimmerman come in to, to cement this game. Um, all right, let's let's go through this, Tom. Where where do we even begin with this game? Yeah, where where do you want to start, guys? In the comments, gals in the comments, non-binary pals in the comments. <laughs> where do you want to start for this game? I I think we got to start with the lineup. We got to start with Burhalter making a very, um unique decision a, a a very bold decision to start Car- Cameron Carter Vickers yeah what do you paid think off <laughs> I I you know I think we talked about it before the game that um uh, you know Zimmerman had not played perfect in the first two matches it was probably earned Cameron Carter Vickers plays for a team that has to break down bunkers regularly and it's just a fridge so it sort of makes sense to me that we would start him in a game like this you could see him just blowing people off the ball a couple times. Iran had no answers for him. So I like the change. I, Zimmerman's a really great player. He's a strong player at the back, but it was a great call to go with Vickers. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. 
always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, and obviously the best sport in the world, soccer. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Yeah, and I, I think we were talking before the game as well. Like The change to go with Cameron Carter-Vickers was more brave than it was wrong. If you could pick out a weaker link of the first two games, it was probably Walker Zimmerman, whether that's his uh, penalty that he gave up against Wales or whether that was some of his errant passes against England. But my goodness, my goodness, we, we made it through. Cameron Carter-Vickers comes in. Uh, Josh Sargent had an amazing game. He, I know he didn't everywhere. get the goal, but just such a team player, put everything out there on the line, and we played so much better because of him. Whew. Um, Do you have the pass map for this first half? Did you? I don't know if you saw it, but there's a line to, to Josh Sargent. I'll yeah. see if I can find it, which is, I've, yeah. I think you have admin privileges, Tom, so you can uh, put it up if, if you want to. Jeff, thank you here. so much for the super chat. Ten bucks, he said. My head, my stomach. Triple G, Greg Berhalter, WTF. It still worked, though. No G Arena, but hey, we're in. And I think that's the story is we we got there how we needed to. And, and that's how you want. It doesn't matter who plays. We're rooting for the team. We're rooting for the boys. If you put the crest on over your chest, we're rooting for you. Um, Jeff, thank you for the super chat. While Tom is looking for that, I do want to call out. Today is Giving Tuesday. I'm trying to raise $5,000 for the Open Goal Project. If you scan the QR code up at the top right corner of this video, it will take you to the $5,000 that we're trying to raise. Um, today, I will match any donations to the Open Goal Project through that page. So, Jeff, thank you for the super chat. That $10 is going towards the Open Goal Project. And if any of you guys do send in super chats or are thinking about Giving Tuesday, scan that QR code at the top right and it'll take Aww. you to the Open Goal Project. Tom, what do you got? I, I can't share my screen without closing the stream, so I'm just going to de- I'm gonna right. send it to our chat here. All right, sounds but, good. Yeah, our pass map looks great. We generated the most XG in the first half of any match, total match, in the history of the United States at the World Cup. <laughs> and, and what's the significance of that? That just means we were creating chances. It wasn't a game where you see what I've been calling the horseshoe of danger adjacency, where we just pass it around the outside over and over again, swinging the ball, nothing happening, hopeless crosses in, the crosses get cut out. Instead, we are playing the ball into the amoeba. We're making Josh Sargent hold it up. We're shifting whales around. There are lines connecting players to Josh Sargent today. That is something we haven't seen all tournament so far. The team came out. They were aggressive. They forced Iran to defend. And they eventually pulled them out of their shell and got a great goal out of it. Yeah, I love this pass map because you can see uh, really early on in World Cup qualifying, Greg talked about our fullbacks being, quote unquote, our superpowers. And today it it was Anthony Robinson and the Serginho Dest show, especially in that first half. I think a lot of the XG as well just came from us getting into those wide areas, being really dangerous with our crosses. I loved that we kind of stopped putting it into the air, into those dead zones in the box. And we started whipping them into that six yard danger area, low and hard. Timothy Wea almost got onto the end of one before Christian Pulisic was able to get onto what a, what a great pass with the head from Serginho Des. So smart to do that. And Pulisic puts his body on the line and gets the goal. And then I do want to say as well, Timothy Wea should have had that second goal. I don't, I want to see the offside call because that did not look offside when they showed that replay. They they did show eventually the 3D thing and he was his like his torso was offside, which is really frustrating. They should have let that go and waved it off later, but yeah, I he had he was close. I thought that Sergeant and Pullet Wea should have scored another on that counterattack that they kind of blew through. Um but, you know, we you only need to score once if you're going to just play lockdown defense for 99 minutes. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier too because last summer uh, for the Gold Cup, we basically won every game going into that final 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Had to go to extra time against uh, Qatar, I think, 1-0. So this is how we win. And 
<laughs> again, it didn't matter if it was one, didn't matter if it was five. We're through to the knockouts and I'm, my heart is racing. My wife just went on a walk outside to like <laughs> cool off because after that, man, 10 minutes of extra time as well. Uh, some maybe penalty calls. I don't think we're, we're really penalties. Also want to call out uh, Alex. You said in the comments, no yellows, full squad. Uh, nobody that had a yellow going into this match got a yellow. Tyler Adams got a yellow, but he will not be suspended for this game against the Netherlands. So we do have the full squad at our disposal. We'll have to evaluate what Christian Pulisic and Josh Sargent's extent to their injuries is. But my goodness, uh, what did you think about the game plan, Tom? So we talked about the starting 11. What about the game plan? I think Burhalter got it right again. Like we said, he set them up with a team that was going to play into the amoeba and really try and break down that low block. He set up with um, triangles on the outside, really trying to overload the width and force Iran to make those little five, 10 yard runs. And I was a great, it was a great game plan. You set up to let the midfield and the fullbacks do the work they need to do and set the, then they can set the stage for the front three to really make danger. Yeah. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts because a lot of times we have not looked great in the second half. We've we've come out strong, had a really great first half. The other team adjusts something and we're not re- really able to catch up. But what did you think of the second half? Because the game state itself kind of makes things happen on the pitch without considering like how well we're playing. What I mean by mm. that is we're up a goal. Iran needs to score to get into the knockouts. Um, we need to just hang on. So we're not going to play the same in the first half and neither is Iran. So did the second half make you worry at all? Or was that more just down to how the game was playing out? No, that was a terrifying experience. There's no, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, I, you know, I tweeted out at halftime that it was a great first half, but Iran was going to throw the whole Mesopotamian empire at us in the second. So we had <laughs> to get a second goal. Uh, um, so I really wanted us to go for it. I think we did for about 15 minutes and I thought we played pretty well for the first 15 minutes, but I think that there's something that happens when that team loses Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney looks so good in this game. He just has been so good in this whole tournament. Um, When he comes off, we just don't have a replacement for him. Kellen Acosta can't do the Weston McKinney things. Weston was pulling Eunice Musa plays out of his, uh, out of any (laughs) everywhere and just driving at players, spinning them. I, I loved watching McKinney play today and the pass he hit for the goal was a dime. So yeah. once he comes off, we just don't really have that third midfielder to anchor the team, settle things down, turn balls away once they do get a chance to break on the counter. Musa, you could tell, was really gassed. It it just sort of felt like the team sort of didn't have the stamina to really keep up in that last 30 minutes or so yeah. of the game, which, so Berhalter just decided to just play for the 1-0. Musa dug deep, man. He was, he was getting every inch that he could out of his legs out of his lungs in in the last 10 minutes especially and he was covering so much space can we talk about that middle three for a second because it wasn't just weston mckinney and tyler adams to be fair to him probably didn't have his best game in a u.s shirt but it was still like his presence every moment he was covering angles making sure that iran couldn't play quickly up top and Eunice musa this this to me was his breakout game he played great in the first two matches and against England especially, but this this game does not happen without Yunus Musa. Oh, absolutely not. Yunus Musa was everywhere on the field. He started out playing right, which was a flip from what we normally do. We normally have set up McKenney on the right, Musa on the left, but we flipped it today, had Musa on the right, but he was all over the place. He made tackles on the left. He tracked back. He won balls. He just skipped past players as Yunus Musa does. He's just He's irreplaceable. The engine he has, the work weight rate he has, and his dribbling ability is top tier in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Sargent, I, I'm hoping that he's okay because he, he has looked more dangerous and more giving to the team than Haji Wright has. I want to shout out some of these comments because Preston says, can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that the USA is undefeated in the World Cup group stage? And a one down here from SportsPro. 2022 U.S. team has earned the most points by any U.S. team in the group stage of the World Cup. We have never won two games for six points, so we'll take two draws and a win here to go through. We did it. I think that's only our second win in our last eight final match days at the World Cup. 
Yeah, I think the Algeria Landon Donovan winner, they were saying, was the only other time that we've won in the last match day in the last eight World Cups. Um, Pulisic was the cog here. You could tell as well that Iran was focusing so much of their attention on him. And even when he was playing well, he was getting great touches, getting into dangerous areas. But the amount of space that he was opening up for Anthony Robinson to play in behind was amazing. Something that makes me feel better about going into this game against the Netherlands is there will be space in behind them. And we do have dangerous players now that hopefully are feeling confident. We do have Anthony Robinson and Serginho Dest. Uh, what a game we have to talk about. Serginho Dest playing against the Netherlands in the round of 16 knockouts. That's that's going to be a really fun one. I, I'm interested to see what Serge is like in that one. I, I, I really hope that he, uh, you know, brings his A game. He's been on fire the last two games so far. Like he, He's once again all over the field. He's driving at players. I thought he was going to score at one point when he took three guys on and just rifled a shot, ended up getting deflected. But yeah, Serge has been on one. He's been feeling himself, and you just really love to see it. Especially yeah. loving his defensive work rate. I don't really necessarily know of Dest being a great defender, but he's not really known for it. But in this one, he just... I feel like he's shown more of that yeah. in this World Cup. He's been actually... Like, that's one of his strengths in these last three games has been his defending ability. Yeah. Where did this I, come from? He's decided to prove a point. He really wants this. You can tell that this has been something that he's been working for forever. And... He really, really wants it. I, I, yeah. I'm just enjoying it so much. It's, it's a good time to just soak it in, and we don't get to feel this way very often. And the next four years is going to be a long one. We don't have qualification because we will auto qualify for the one that's in our backyard. So this, this one, just soak it in while you can. We, since we started this podcast. The U.S. has never lost a major tournament that it has played in, so we're we're still golden there. We're still golden there. As long as we're still on air, the U.S. has a chance to win this World Cup. Um, I do want to talk about this because we haven't really seen any dominant teams in the World Cup. Maybe France. Uh, Brazil doesn't have Neymar right now. Uh, Saudi Arabia has beat Argentina. Japan has beat Germany. So you've seen already that anything can happen. What are you thinking now that you can turn your attention to the Netherlands? I am thinking that as long as our midfield is intact, that there is not a team in the world I'm scared of. Yeah. It, well said. <laughs> Nothing more there. <laughs> that, that is true. Like, if our starting 11, and to think that on our bench is Brendan Aronson, Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna wasn't even used this game. Um, <laughs> so... Tom in the comments, not you, Tom, talking, uh, said Berhalter did his best to lose that game. Now, I don't think that's true. I, I um, disagree as well. <laughs> and I will say that his substitutes, while maybe surprising, make a lot of sense in context. You, you could have seen that coming from a mile away if you listened to his comments before the tournament started, basically splitting up the knockout rounds and the group stage into two separate tournaments. And all he was doing in those last 25, 30 minutes was trying to win that first stage to get out of the group stage. Then anything else is possible. So I'm fine with putting Walker Zimmerman in. You know, Iran is going to go long and try and win some headers in the box. You know, they're going to try and win some dirty penalties at the end there. Yeah. Which we were fortunate to, to not have anything worse happen. But Tom, what did you think of Burhalter's performance as a coach? I, you know, I would have liked to see us go for it. I just, I don't know if we had the bench to really go for it. I think Gio would have done, a, Gio would have been a great sub to, for Musa just to sort of maybe give us a guy who can hold the ball up and beat a guy on the dribble who's fresh and maybe just sort of calm things down when the game gets messy. But, I, you know, a game like this is screaming for Kellen Acosta. A game like this is screaming for Walker Zimmerman. As soon as the roster is announced, you know that Walker Zimmerman's either going to come in as a striker or as a third center back, Berhalter has a habit of doing this sort of three center back sub thing in big games. We've done it at Stadio Azteca. We've done it in the Nations League final against Mexico. This is something that Berhalter will throw out there. So Zimmerman was expected. Personally, I would have liked to see Joe Scally come on, but the Brendan Aronson sub was forced. Um, Moore didn't have his best game, but he did okay. The, the, the right sub was forced. I, I don't think that there's a whole lot that you can really change about those subs, except maybe Gio Reyna and just go for it. 
Yeah, I'm seeing some of these comments about our MLS subs almost cost us and Greg tried to lose the game, but who else are you trying to put in? If if you're up a goal and Weston McKinney is playing at 80, 85%, he's still coming up into to health. Kellen Acosta makes the most sense there. You're not going to yeah. put Luca De La Torre in, someone that can get muscled off the ball and hasn't been great recently. And then again, if you think back to his comments before the tournament started, these subs make a ton of sense. Greg talked about bringing Shaq more specifically because he's good in 1v1 duels and because of his defensive abilities. So yes, maybe we would love, like to see Joe Scally. How are you going to bring on you know, a Nashville starter versus a starter that has the most minutes in the Bundesliga in Joe Scally? But it worked. The U.S. is now playing with house money going into this next stage. Uh, Richard, thank you again for this $5 super chat. Again, this is going to go towards the open goal project. Do you think we'll struggle if Pulisic can't go because he seems to be a lot of our creativity and pressure? Tom, do you want to take that one? I I think that it will be different. It just depends on who replaces him. I, I What did you think of Brandon Aronson today? I mean, today was not his best showing, but I thought he did well in moments to get us out of pressure and to win free kicks. That's kind of what he does, but... To be honest, like we we went into this tournament thinking, okay, we need Giorena to be his Giorena to be his best. But there were I, I want to credit you as well because you had talked about Giorena being a luxury player for the US and there is a lot of hubbub about that. But we've seen that he kind of is. We we don't necessarily need Giorena to get results against some of the world's best. So for me, yes, Christian Pulisic is a player that doesn't need to score to give your team an edge. The fact, again, I I just want to call out how much, aside from the goal, he was helping that left side of our field open up for Anthony Robinson. And because so much of our attack focuses on those fullbacks running into those spaces, Christian Pulisic taking defenders with him was so important. So Brendan Aronson, if he needs to start there, actually, like that's one of the spaces where we can probably afford a substitute. Uh, but Christian Pulisic is kind of our X factor and yeah. goals aren't coming from very many places. Yeah. I mean, I, I was saying it all day today when people were asking about, you know, how would we get Gio on the field? Do we need to bench Pulisic? This is sort of a conversation that's been sort of happening off to the side of places. Um, Pulisic is the guy this tournament. This is the talisman. This is the workhorse. Adams is your defensive rock. Adams is your captain. But this team is only going as far as Pulisic takes them. So it, yeah. it will be a blow regardless. He, he's a great player. He attracts so much attention from the defenses that he plays against. Teams know him and are scared of him. Aronson's a great player as well, but I don't think he really replicates the skill and the pat, like the fire that Pulisic plays with in his attack. There were points yeah, where I thought Brendan played well, but like I, I just wasn't that wasn't impressed Pulisic. with him today. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's kind of like the drop from Pulisic to Aronson is not the same like they're not the same player but it's doable still like having Brendan Aronson at left wing instead of Pulisic I still feel comfortable that we could win against the Netherlands whereas if it was like Tyler Adams got injured and Kellen Acosta had to play that would really drop my my expectations so yeah yes Pulisic is a very important player but I actually think that's a position where maybe we can afford to have an injury or, or have Brendan Aronson like if he plays in some of his best moments like he has for Leeds this season and he's fresh, like we we have, it's Saturday. So we have four days now to rest up and Brendan Aronson is one of the players that has gotten spot minutes. So oh, we hope Pulisic is injury free come that time. But if it is Brendan Aronson, I'm, I'm still feeling positive going into Saturday. Um, Preston, I wish USA fans could stop being so negative. Shaq and Haji were so bad. We won. Let's celebrate just a bit. (laughs) I agree. And that's probably what this podcast, like this channel is. If you want to complain and be negative, then maybe go watch someone else. But I'm, I'm gloating right now. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the vibes. I'm in the zone. Like we're in the knockout rounds guys. (laughs) We beat the, one of the best bunker teams in the world in a game where a draw was a win for them. That is a huge deal. I cannot stress enough how much it doesn't matter to me. Like any of the tactics and stuff, we can break that down later. After the World Cup, I'm sure we'll do a moratorium and break this stuff down. But today, we won a game that we probably would have lost a year ago. 
That is a yeah. huge, huge deal. We won this game at a World Cup with the youngest starting lineup that has been played so far at this World Cup. Like, just, yeah, sit and soak in that for a second. We yeah. won that game. I feel like we're so quick to just look ahead and be like, all right, what's the next task? What what are we going to do against the Netherlands? Why is Shaq Moore playing? Why, why is Walker Zimmerman coming in? Why is Kellen Acosta coming in? We won the game. Like, who who cares? If you're If I'm the manager... And I'm getting five points and advancing out of the knockout rounds against England, Wales, and Iran. And I need a win against a counterattacking team, the best in Asia, on the last match day. And I get out of the group and I win. I don't care if I use Shaq Moore. I don't care if I use Kellen Acosta. We got the win. Yeah. We're in the knockouts. Yeah. Can we please? We didn't make the last World <laughs> Cup. We didn't qualify. There is something really, really special about this team. They, they just, they fight and they win no matter what. They are, they don't care what people think of them. They don't care at all. They're just there to win games. And it's been fantastic to watch and just sort of enjoy this young team. And they, yeah, I, I, I'm having a hard time feeling anything other than blind, irrational optimism after seeing us pull that <laughs> off. That was a game that on paper was our worst matchup that we could possibly have this group was a terrible matchup for us we had three teams that are perfectly set up to beat the united states <laughs> yeah and you uh, again you have to give greg credit like if if walker zimmerman doesn't make a boneheaded tackle against gareth bale in the box with his back to goal we probably have seven points right now and he's he got it right against england it took me a lot. Like we went through World Cup qualifying. I remember that game in Panama that we lost. And I said after that game, it would take a lot to get me back on Greg's good side. Like years maybe to get back <laughs> on Greg's good side. And I'm I'm coming around. I'm not ready to say that he's the, the right coach for 2026 because I still probably don't think he is. But at the same time, I mean, to have the bravery to put in Cameron Carter-Vickers when Walker Zimmerman has gotten you so far and then to switch up the starting Josh Sargent, then Haji Wright, then back to Josh Sargent. The game plan against uh, Iran was to go back to a 4-3-3 when the 4-4-2 worked so well against England. You just have to give him the chops here. Like, Say, say more about Greg Berhalter. Right oh now. my gosh, yeah. No, he's, I mean, you cannot look at those three matches and watch the first 60 minutes play out and tell me he didn't get the three starting lineups, the three starting tactics exactly right. Yeah. Over and, and over again. Yeah, go for it. Be, because we're talking about the three games in the World Cup, we're not going to talk about his recruitment. But if he doesn't recruit Eunice Musa, Anthony Robinson, and Serginio Dest, this never happens. No. Like, those are three of our most important players. And I, I don't know how much he had to do with Anthony Robinson, but that is a dual national that is going to be sold to a top, top club very soon so mm. without those three players who are dual nationals tri-nationals that have their pick of the litter and and Yunus Musa making that decision early on yeah. and being able to play in this world cup and play such a part it's just it's just wonderful to see honestly I, I we're not even touching on his biggest decision that he has had at this world cup which is Tim Ream Tim Ream has yes. been amazing at this world cup <laughs> he had Aaron Long had started the last six matches in a row for the United States. He hasn't seen the field yet at this World Cup. Jesus Ferreira is all another one, but Tim Ream has been so good. We didn't think he was coming, and then all of a sudden, he is the anchor of this back line. Yeah. And again, I, I don't want to put too much credit towards Greg, but he didn't call him in in the last uh, matches when we when we had tune-ups against Japan and, and Saudi Arabia. But I think the fact that he has built such a positive environment to have Tim Ream get the call back, start these games and be so good. Like there's no love lost if you don't get called in. He's just trying to do his best. Um, Jason, thank you for the $5 again. This is going towards the Open Goal Project. If you want to donate, it is Giving Tuesday. I will match every single contribution. If you scan that QR code at the top right of this video, you can get right to the donation page. So thank you so much for the super chats. Um, who do you guys think should start at forward against the Netherlands? My pick is if Josh Sargent is healthy, it's Josh Sargent. If he's not, 
I'm going to Haji Wright. Yeah, I think that I'm on the same boat. Haji Wright didn't have his best game today. I thought he played a lot better against England and a lot better subbing against Wales. Today, he seemed very tight and really not sure what to do with the ball in this sort of bunker and prey type situation. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be in that situation against the Netherlands. I, I think that it sets up a lot better for him to just go and play his game. Haji Wright just makes stuff happen. So if we're not going to go with Josh Sargent, Haji Wright is my sort of natural choice as a guy who just knows how to score goals. I also like one of the worst plays of this entire game for the U S was Haji Wright taking a shot with maybe 30 seconds left in extra time. Take it to the corner. Have, have some, I don't know, have some game understanding, like have some IQ Ah. towards what is happening and the the stakes that are at this. Like if you're not a hundred percent sure that you are going to score on that, take it to the corner, please kill the game. Yeah. Uh, My goodness. If it's zero zero and we have 90 minutes against the Netherlands and Josh Sargent is not ready to go, then my pick is Haji, right? Um, Go ahead. I, I just, you know, I feel like it's not also, been said enough how this was basically the first time in competitive soccer experience that the u.s players have had to do this i don't think that you many of those players especially the ones who play in europe have ever been in a situation before where they needed to kill not uh, 30 minutes off in a you know do or die situation so mistakes like that happen they're going to grow into it do you think greg verhalter is going to be comfortable basically taking a nil nil for 120 minutes if he has to do you think that he's uh, going to trust these guys to just grow into this World Cup even more as we go? I I have to think about that. I mean, it, so if we get to penalties in any of these knockout rounds, I think that's okay. Like, yeah. we, we have to be realistic that the Netherlands is going to be the favorites against the U.S. But I, I'm on this train that on any given day, if we play our best soccer, we can absolutely beat any team in the world right now. I, I said this before the tournament. I would put any of our midfield three against any other team, any other national team. People can laugh at that, but you have to see, you, like you have to look at the results of this group stage for Tyler Adams, Eunice Moose, and Weston McKinney. Um, Richard Grace, thank you again for the $5 super chat. This is going towards the Open Goal Project. You said, think about this, the next World Cup, most of our roster will still be in their 20s. Not even that. Gio Reyna and Eunice Musa will be 23 years old. Christian Pulisic will be... 28 he'll be in his prime so we have teenagers out the wazoo that are coming up our u17s our u20s our u23s are all great teams the best of their generations it's it's good but again let's let's think about the future let's feel good about the future today i want to think about today and i want to think about what it means to have a fourth game in the world cup what a long way we've come we had plays in this match where we were playing one twos with each other. Matt Turner was comfortable again on the ball. Both of our center backs were comfortable trying to break lines. I mean, uh, also big Harry Jake, the comment, if Eunice Musa can get Balogun, Fuller and Balogun, uh, he's talking about an Arsenal Loney. We should name the stadium after him. Uh, Eunice Musa is a double agent. He is one of Fuller and Balogun's best friends. Uh, currently Balogun is playing in league, uh, uh, but he's on loan from Arsenal. We really only lack a number nine at this point. Like if Cameron Carter-Vickers, who is also 23, 24 years old, Tim Ream's probably going to be out at the next World Cup. Chris Richards is another center back that we have. So we we might fill a starting 11 with world-class players come the next World Cup. Um, One other thing I want to say before I get back to you, Tom, Uh, you mentioned us killing the game and what that looked like and the players not really having to have done that before. I actually think we had an advantage here that we've never had where our players are playing in important Champions League games. Uh, Even like Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson aren't playing Champions League, but Leeds needs every single point they they can in the Prem to stay up. So it is important to kill games. It is important to know what the, the group stage dynamics look like. And if we're taking all MLS players, it does not look like that at all. So to have the maturity, the experience in this game with, you know, the youngest roster that we've ever put out for a World Cup, it just soak it in. I'm going to keep saying it. Soak it in. It is an amazing, amazing day. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's it's just truly spectacular that 
we are in this position. This was not a guarantee coming into this World Cup. And yeah, the players we've we are working with right now, you're seeing them grow up and mature live in front of us and the biggest stage in the world. And the world is starting to take notice. If you go to non-US portions of the internet, you go to the BBC, you go to English or Welsh podcasts, they are praising this team. They're praising Tyler Adams. They're praising Burhalter for having an amazing World Cup and how great this team is doing. People are going to start to take notice. Eunice Musa, Anthony Robinson, Tyler Adams, Serginho Dest probably are all about to get huge paydays out of this World Cup. I think Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah both are going to be the subject of a lot of rumors. This team is really ready to sort of step, take the next step up. And, you know, we knew that this was going to be a coming out party, but the world <laughs> is starting to see that this is a coming out party for the United States. Yes. Um, Tom, I do want to ask you because the group stages aren't done yet, but it does look like Costa Rica and Mexico are still in the hunt in their groups. Canada is out. Um Costa Rica still has a very difficult game. Mexico needs a lot of help in the Pol- Poland-Argentina match. For me, I'm a fan of CONCACAF. I want everyone to go through except Mexico. Uh, so what I feel today uh, in the hope that the U.S. gets further than Mexico, and if we don't, I hope we meet them in the knockout stages, but talk about CONCACAF and, and where this has come from. But the U.S., the first CONCACAF team now in this World Cup to advance. First, second team to win a game. Um, which is awesome for us. Uh, I personally am of the school of thought that I really don't like like seeing our rivals succeed, so I'm kind of happy to see Canada bounce out. I am never sad to see uh, Mexico lose games. I was cheering pretty hard for Argentina in that one. I always have a soft spot for Costa Rica, but I'm, I'm not too sad to see the other two crash out. Yeah. Um, I would like to see them turn some heads, though, so that we can sort of get more respect for the region. This Mexico side's not it, though. And Canada's no. poor Canada's midfield and defense are just not the same quality as their attacking three. So, do you think John Herdman's going to be the Canada coach going forward? I don't see why he wouldn't be. I, I I think that he has got job security in the Canadian Federation if he wants it. They seem to love him, and he's done a great job for both men's and the women's team. Although he's yeah. going to be a hot commodity moving forward, <laughs> I think so. Even with Canada's performance, so um, our. Rick, you said, I remember the German handball versus USA in the quarterfinals. That was the 2002 World Cup in South Korea. Um, you also just said, I think the USA could win it. And I want to say something right now. Anything can happen from this point on. Anything can happen. Every single game that the US plays is a one-off. We could easily lose the next game. We could easily win the next one and get to the, the final eight. And anything can happen from there. Again, this U.S. team, if we're healthy, if we have all starters available, this could be the furthest that we get. Yeah, I especially if to, we'll see how tomorrow goes. I think tomorrow has a lot to do with it because it is a lot easier to win one-off games when you're not playing the most difficult teams in the tournament every single time you play a one-off game. Yeah. Um, Netherlands is a really good team. They're the best team we could come up against in our first pod. Not going to be easy, but... It could happen. What we don't want to have happen is to then have to run into the Argentina buzzsaw and then have to run into France. Uh, like something like, I guess we'd have to run into one of Argentina or France, possibly. Hopefully we don't get Argentina or France. Um, but then you have to run up against Spain or Germany or Brazil, possibly. There's, there are teams in this tournament that you could end up running into that are really difficult. But there are also teams in this tournament that you could see making something a little bit easier for us. We could end up with the winner of Poland, Australia in the quarterfinals if we were to make it like that. <laughs> that's could. also a possibility. Um, yeah. So it's just going to depend a lot on how these group stage games play out as to what the rest of this tournament looks like for us. Yeah. So the USA will play the Netherlands at 10 AM on Saturday morning. That'll be on Fox. Then if we win that quarterfinal game will be against the winner of first place from Group C and second place from Group D. Right now, Poland is winning Group C and the second place team in Group D is Australia. So, Tom, if everything stands, which probably won't, (laughs) but it could, uh, the U.S. could be playing the winner of Australia-Poland in that final eight game. Um, Guys, I want you to drop in the chat right now how far you think the U.S. can get now that we're through to the knockout rounds. 
Richard, thank you so much again for the super chat. It's all going to the Open Goal Project. And any contributions that are made to the Open Goal Project today, I will be personally matching. So if you do want to donate, it would be really appreciated. Just scan that QR code at the top right corner here. Um, if the USA win the World Cup, the global meltdown that will happen, you lost to the country who calls it soccer. Uh, I also want to say, if Australia gets through and we play them in the final eight, that means a country that calls it soccer will go through to the semifinals. Uh, Australia, let's see, Canada, a lot of other places do call it soccer. I also want to say, uh, I lived in England for two years. I coached at a soccer school. It was literally called the Primrose Soccer School, and it was in London, England. So they can't even call it the right thing in London, England. That's it's a British about... word at the beginning. Also, I want to congratulate you on this name change because this name change couldn't have gone better for you, right? <laughs> I, I need to uh, like I need to copyright it or something. Yeah. Some somebody out there that has copyright experience or lawyer experience, please reach out to me because uh, they were chanting it. There were signs everywhere on Fox. I think that'll be the new intro to the channel is just the the audio clip of everyone chanting it's called soccer it was awesome to see and if this was still called fifa america i don't think we'd be in the same position so thank you to everyone that has continued with us along the way all right let's get to it timothy you say round of 16 uh Ureem, you say quarterfinals mason says semis um <laughs> netherlands is going to be hard i agree greg burhalter you say quarters realistically thank you greg for being in the chat um Rick, thank you so much for the, I think this is Canadian, 22 Canadian dollars. <laughs> we'll still take them. It'll still Amazing. all go to uh, the Open Goal Project. So thank you so much for that. Um, Tom, we've been now just smiling for 40 minutes. Do you have anything else to say about this game to wrap up? Oh, man. I, I'm i trying to think if we haven't covered anything. We've covered Josh. I, I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Robinson. Let's do it. I do. Did you think it was best game today? Not really. Uh, I feel like he got caught in between two minds early on a lot where he didn't necessarily know which space he needed to take. Um, also, just the fact of how tightly they were marking Christian Pulisic. Like, Anthony Robinson needed to be really careful about leaving the left side open. But in the second half, it almost seemed to me like we were very uh, careful about not giving any fouls uh, to provide set pieces to Iran. And it wasn't just Anthony Robinson to me, but everyone was kind of backing off tackles and not really going through their tackles. And that that provided Iran with a few good chances, which really scared me. Um, I didn't know if it was better to just run through the tackles and give them the foul if they got it. But yeah, not not his best game, but he's he's played 270 minutes now. Yeah. He's an important player for us. But what do you think of Anthony Robinson? I was of the same mind. I didn't think it was his best game. I was a little bit worried about his touch. Um, it just sort of seemed like every single touch was a little too heavy. He was taking too much space with each dribble. He was not able to control the ball the same way he normally does. It just all sort of didn't seem to come off for him. I don't know if that's just minutes load and how insanely stressful this World Cup has been for him or if it's just a bad game. But I feel like, especially if Christian Pulisic is not good to go the next game, we're going to need him to be on top of his game. And it's got a little bit worrying to see him have his worst game of the tournament in this one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, coach Christian Roldan will help us through <laughs> if Brendan Aronson is ready to go and he'll help us make some tweaks to the Netherlands match. Um, Jason, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. You said, thanks guys for keeping things positive. I think we can make it to the last four. I think we can too. Um, guys, there's 200 people watching this. This is amazing. <laughs> Uh, please like this video so more people can find it. Again, we are trying to raise $5,000 for the Open Goal Project on Giving Tuesday. So if you do want to do that, there is a QR code to the top right. Um, what else? What other positive things do you want to say? Let's take this to the place that I think that this, I, I the most important thing that comes with this is what's the cultural impact of this game? Like, how does how does this a result that we know that we needed, a win the eyeballs were on us, us getting out of the group. How does this change the consciousness, uh, the public consciousness, the public perception of the World Cup and the United States in it? I think it can't be understated uh, for two reasons. And one is because of how I felt as a kid growing up and watching World Cups. The times when we played well and when we've had special moments are the times that have basically locked me into soccer for life. I think about that 
Donovan goal against Algeria, I think about some of these moments from when we beat Mexico in that knockout round. Like those are the moments that make me a fan for life. And I think that win, while it's stamped with kind of maybe not the most special moments, but to to get five points to play so well against England and to have a chance for more special moments against the Netherlands, that can't be understated. I think the second thing is because of like how we missed out on 2018, I think that probably left a ton of bad taste in people's mouths. And there's probably a lot of people out there that don't really care about soccer because they like winners and the U S is supposed to be good at things. We have 320 million people. We have a diverse group from everywhere on the planet earth, and we should be good at anything we put our mind to. And I think like us in the circle of the inner circle of U S soccer that follow this team, we know what's coming in the near future, but the casual observer will now see that we are undefeated. We played England to the death. We're, we're in this knockout round against the Netherlands and anything can happen. So I think on those two points, the cultural aspect of this, especially building momentum going into the 2026 World Cup, MLS has sent the six most players to, to the World Cup behind the top five leagues. Like, I, I don't, I think we also need to understand like what else is happening here in American soccer, not just on our national team, but domestic leagues as well. Oh, absolutely. It can't, I mean, Canada got here on the back of their MLS players. Mexico's stars at this point are kind of playing in MLS at this. Ache Ache is in MLS yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, Costa Rica has MLS players. You have Ecuador who brings a bunch of MLS players off their bench. The, the league is growing. It's really an exciting time for them. And it's an exciting time for the U S too. I, I, as soon as the game was in and was over, I got a FaceTime from my parents who were at a bar and they were just surrounded by just a throng of just cheering people all like everyone <laughs> my dad was, texted me yeah he's a 70 year old man that knows nothing about soccer <laughs> yeah no my my whole family took the day off work to go watch this game <laughs> um you know we know that this team is young and exciting and that they could do great things i want the rest of the united states to wake up to how good this team can be and i think this result was very important in doing that and it can't also be understated how important it is that christian pulisic is the one to score the game, game winning goal yeah Absolutely. Uh, Preston said Pulisic, it looks like, was taken to the hospital. Not great. So we'll see uh, what happens when he gets checked out. Um, We also need to mention that 2023 is going to be a Women's World Cup where the women's uh, U.S. national team will play. So the momentum everywhere is building. Um, What else do I want to talk about? Timothy Weah was immense again. Matt Turner with his feet. Just a good game. Just a great team. Let's, I just let's love talk, this team. <laughs> Tim Weah. I, I, we cannot say a good enough good things about Timothy Weah. He's just so, he's so athletic, so quick to sort of beat players on the dribble, get to the end, make the runs. We didn't even hit him on a lot of the best runs he made tonight. Yeah. You could see he's constantly looking to make that vertical diagonal run in behind the channels. It's just. I don't see how you could drop him from the U.S. team at this point. He's so important yeah. and so good for this team. He's always crashing. He's always crashing the box. He's always combining with Dest. I don't even think he had his best game today, but he also was the most dangerous player on the field again. I love watching Tim Weah play. There's, it's not a coincidence that some of our best moments in the World Cup have come when Tim Weah was cooking. Yeah, and it's going to play to our advantage so much that we don't need to make a ton of tweaks to our starting 11. Like this team is playing on all cylinders with each other. The chemistry is there. Um, DJ Dodge, you said winning Saturday would be huge for bringing in more casual fans should have a ton of eyes this weekend. I think that's true too. Like getting to the knockout rounds is great, but beating the Netherlands and getting to the final eight of the world cup of the world's game that can only accelerate. That can only act as a catalyst to the fire that's brewing here. Yeah. Tom, uh, anything else that needs to be said? I also want to get your prediction now, uh, just at first glance. Just enjoy it. Soak it in. Enjoy the moment. This is, it's so rare that the U.S. is in this position. This is the fourth time in my life that we have been in this position. Let's just, you know, soak it in. Let's enjoy this moment because I, I just, I can't say enough about how much it's, it means 
to be here. Yep. This just feels great. As much as we want to look forward to Saturday, I would just encourage everyone listening to this and watching this to just allow yourself to be happy about this. <laughs> we've waited we've waited eight and a half years. I'm not joking either. Like we've waited eight and a half years for this tournament. We've waited eight and a half years to get our young players, our golden generation experience. And not only do we have experience now, we're going to be in a knockout round in the World Cup going into 2026. We have a team that is firing on all cylinders. We are undefeated. Please, USMNT community, just allow yourself to feel good about this for the next few days. Um, yeah, Tom, even the Euro snobs, please enjoy this yes. game. You got a lineup that had no MLS players in it. Let's just enjoy the fact that we started an all European 11 and we won that game. We can enjoy the fact the MLS <laughs> players came in and sealed the game off. There's a lot for every single person to enjoy here, no matter who you are. And yeah, this is the last time we were in this position. I had not graduated, I had just graduated high school, I had never attended a college class. Fast forward, I now have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and I'm working on a PhD since the last time we were in this position. I am taking nothing for granted and just going to enjoy this ride as long as I can because it's not a guarantee that you're going to get here very often. Yeah, don't don't take anything for granted here. Um, I am going to guess that the Netherlands match ends 1-1 and the U.S. takes it in penalties Tom, what's your last word and what's your prediction for this next match? I've got us winning another tight 1-0 game. I think it comes on a Eunice Musa play where he just does four guys and just makes a run that opens up Pulisic for a goal. That's that's where we're going with this. It's a tight 1-0. We're going to move on to the quarterfinals and knock out Poland and make the semis. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You're going ahead now. Blind um, optimism here. <laughs> yes. All gas, no brakes. Um, Congratulations to the United States from Iran. Uh, I also want to say, like, for as much that was surrounding this game, all the politics, everything that was non-soccer related, it was a good game from both teams. There wasn't too much drama otherwise. So, guys. Congrats to Carlos Quirosh for getting here. Yeah. He's a legend in the U.S. soccer community. He, He helped us write a report in 2010 as to how the U.S. could win the 2010 World Cup. He's a player who's very familiar with our federation. He's done a great job to get her on to this point. That's a really tough team to play. So, you know, really big props to them. Absolutely. All right. Uh, If you are watching, there are 225 of you. That's amazing. Um, Please like this video so more people can find it. Subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to 6,500 before the World Cup ends. Today is Giving Tuesday. I'm going to keep saying this. We're trying to raise $5,000 for the Open Goal Project. If you want to donate, there's a QR code um, or a link in the description of the podcast. We are going to be previewing the Netherlands match. I will be doing a tactics breakdown as well over the next few days. So make sure you have alerts onto the channel. I think that's it for us today. Signing out. (laughs) Smiles all around. Good vibes. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time on It's Called Soccer. See you guys. Go USA. (laughs) This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.